What's going on, guys? This is Dave with Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by WinBet. We're on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're brought to you by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash WinBet at sportsgambling.com slash backslash WinBet to claim your free bet today. Don't forget about IP Vanish. We're brought to you also by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN. They're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com backslash SGP. That's ipvanish.com backslash SGP. And don't forget about the Discord channel. We actually got a new a new channel. We're doing mock drafts. So if you go on there, we're going to share all the results, all the invites, and do daily mock drafts. But our, our Discord channel, make sure you go over there. Perfect place to interact and sweat the bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Discord. All right. Well, I brought on one of my, my favorite follows on Twitter, one of my favorite hosts, and he gets the night off from hosting. So, Joe, how you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. It's uh, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, you know, we got a little bit of news to go through. I don't, I don't think we need to spend too much time. Everyone else is talking about Deshaun Watson, but this is going to be a Dynasty ranking show, and we're going to go through the current ADP and just get Joe's opinion. We don't get to hear enough of Joe when we're doing fantasy, listening to fantasy pros. Um, so, you know, we, are you sure about that? It feels like you get plenty. Uh, we, we, we do, but we want to be able to hear your perspective on, you know, what stands out when it comes to the rankings, where the reaches are, where the values are. And um, we also want to want to talk a little bit about the, the black book. Um, the only news really to talk about today, obviously, Deshaun Watson, that's big news and rankings may have changed and now they're going back. Um, but Marquise Brown, um, so Marquise Brown got arrested this morning for criminal speeding. Um, we learn a lot of legal terms in this fantasy football world that we didn't know we mm-hmm. would know, but it sounds like he was speeding in potentially a school zone or near a school zone. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts here? Do you think Marquise Brown is going to get a suspension? Uh, it's not impossible. Um, but I, I think it's more of a fine situation. I mean, look, yeah, I, I don't know what's wrong with these guys. I mean, uh, I don't understand the mentality. I don't get it. I mean, I remember when Robbie Anderson was doing some crazy things like that in New York too, and driving all over the place and getting in trouble and stuff like that. Look at the end of the day, suspension, probably not. My guess is there will be some sort of, you know, fine or something like that. But, uh, look, I mean, part of investing in fantasy players is also investing in the people to a certain extent. And you have to understand that, you know, if you're investing in Deshaun Watson, you're investing in Antonio Brown or Hollywood Brown or any of those guys, sometimes there's just more risk with those players. So even though there's upside, you have to kind of always remember that. And it doesn't matter what sport it is, you know, it just, it's, it crosses over for baseball, football, basketball. It doesn't matter. You have to understand part of your investment in players and in teams are also part of the makeup of those organizations and the makeup of the players themselves. Yeah. And you know, it was, it was at seven in the morning and I don't know if Arizona's back in school. I know in Indiana, we're back at school. Um, and it was, it said, you know, it was near a school zone. Um, sounded like it was pretty, it was severe enough that he got arrested for it. <clears throat> um, and then Deshaun Watson, you know, whether it's redraft or dynasty, all of your, you know, past catchers are tied to Deshaun Watson and so every time there's new news, their their value can change. And so this week, people were probably pretty excited about Amari Cooper. And I saw a lot of you know David Bell season and <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> and then today, the NFL says they're going to appeal. 
And so then I think the NFLPA has, you know, you know, a possibility they could appeal this. This could draw out mm-hmm. and this could be a really messy situation for fantasy. Um, what are you doing with, uh, with Amari Cooper right now? Uh, well, I'm kind of avoiding the situation if I can. Um, Nick Chubb is something I still believe in because, you know, Nick Chubb's job is the same pretty much regardless. Um, it's Amari Cooper, who I think varies so greatly in terms of the value. And look, Jacoby Brissett is capable. He's been out there before. He's had some, you know, mixed results, but I think capable at the very least. And the question is now, depending on this appeal process, how long does it drag on? Does he serve the six games and await the appeal? Does he just wait for the appeal and start in week one? I mean, I don't know how this works necessarily. So, uh, we're just gonna have to wait it out, I guess, and see. Um, but the thing is, if you're the NFL, is it a worse look for him to be there week one? because you're trying to get a bigger suspension or the fact that he's playing football while you're trying to appeal this. So uh, I wish I had the answers. I don't. All I know is that you have to mitigate that risk to a certain extent. Amari Cooper to me is a, a wide receiver three right now in that range. I think there's certainly guys that I would take over him uh, with, with great ease because of the uncertainty of the Brown situation. And at the same time with Deshaun Watson uh, in single quarterback leagues, you don't have to worry about this in deeper single quarterback leagues. You can, take him late and stash him and see what happens. And then in super flex leagues, you know, it's a really big roll of the dice you're taking. And personally, you know, I've got a big super flex league coming up on Saturday and the flex league draft. And I probably will pass on that because it's an important league and I want to win. And I'm just trying to, you know, make sure the risk that I'm taking is risk. That's good and upside risk, not guys who are suspended for a year. That would be very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen it with Zeke. I mean, he played a couple of games before he got suspended. I mean, it's just, it's it's an odd situation. Um, before we get into the ADP, I, I wanted to just ask you, uh, you know, about the black book. What 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 is the the fantasy black book? Well, the fantasy football black book, and this is the uh, let's see, the nineteenth black book between uh, baseball and football over the last decade plus. Uh, it's a it's a very simple system that understands value and and it's about strategy and it's not just about. It's got great player profiles. It's got great contributors like my. Colleagues of Fantasy Pros, Andrew Erickson, Derek Brown, Scott Bogman, they're all, you know, contributors to the Black Book. But what the core of it is, is relative position value. Well, you know, so rankings are great. That's fine. Uh, tiers are better. But quantified rankings and tiers, that's the difference. And it's different than other value-based drafting systems because it understands that running back is in a position. RB1 is a position. Wide receivers one is a position. Wide receiver two is a position because chances are, People in your league are going to have one of those guys. Everyone's going to probably have an RB1 or, or something close to it or a wide receiver one or something close to it, most snake drafts or even in, in salary cap formats. So what RPV does is, is it adapts to everything. It shows you where the positive players are, where the fantasy league averages at that position, again, at that spot, and then where the negative players is. And it starts to teach you about building core roster strength, understanding, you know, why would you draft player X who doesn't move the needle when you can draft player Y in a different position that does and understanding how that works and when to do what. And what's so great is it's so adaptable over all the formats, league types, league sizes. Uh, and it's very simple to understand. Uh, and I think relative position values won a lot of people, a lot of championships in the last 10 years. And I think that's why people keep coming back and we have such success with it. Well, and so where, where and how can we get it? It is on the Amazon. You can get it for the Kindle. Of course you can get the hard copy version. Uh, so that is out there and it's only $14.99. It's very cheap by comparison to a lot of other things. And you know what the black book does, you know, we've got the most comprehensive dynasty coverage you're going to find out there. Uh, we go, I mean, Scott Bogman host of the dynasty podcast, of fantasy pros. 
one of the best college football coverage guys out there is just unbelievable in terms of the write-ups on that. <clears throat> we have 150 IDP ranks and profiles. We've got we've got stuff that nobody else has, but we've also got stuff for this the casual football fan too. But we've got standalone chapters just about superflex drafting, just about PPR leagues, about standard and understanding, you know, even high stakes leagues, which is written by Billy Wazowski, which Billy's won several of those NFFC competitions. So if you're gonna listen to somebody, listen to somebody who's been out there and won those things and taken down hundreds of thousands of dollars in these contests over the years. To me, it's about understanding the player pool, understanding relative position value, the RPV and understanding, you know, that um, it's not enough to get good opinions. That's just a start. Good analysis, is just a start. It's the strategy and how you approach the player pool that really makes the difference for you in fantasy football. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much content out there and everyone is giving their opinions and right. You can go on Twitter and you can find a hundred different opinions on the same thing, depending on what, topic of the day it is um but you know getting something like that and and like you talked about with being be able to quantify that and i'm a tier-based person <clears> as well <throat> um because when it comes down to it you know there's a lot of guys it's very close um but then you know those clear those clear tier gaps so um we'll make sure you guys go check that out and then joe you're gonna be at the expo unfortunately no it's my daughter's birthday every year i'm right on the expo so it's same weekend every single time uh, now she wants to go because she started playing football last year. She plays NFL flag and, uh, and she loves football. So she wants to go cause she wants to go to Canton. So I said, maybe next year, um, but uh, this year I will not be there, but maybe fingers crossed next year. It's on the agenda. We'll see. Fam family comes first. Then, you know, everyone out there, if you were hoping to get a signed copy with a picture of Joe at the expo, I'm sorry, but, sorry, um, guys. but go make sure you guys go get that. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely appreciate you letting us know about it. Let's just check in on, on one of the sponsors real quick and then get into it. So, again, let's talk about Win. If you're thinking about joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers get up to $100, get, get a bet of $100 when they bet. They get a free bet of $100 when they bet $100. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet, the reduced juice in baseball games. It's the best place to, to bet MLB. Plus, the WinBet casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash winbet so they know we sent you. Um, the sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where winbet play is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget about the SGPN Discord. Make sure you check out the Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat the bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportslandpodcast.com backslash Discord. All right, let's pull this ADP up. Let's get rid of this. And, of course, we're going to stay on brand here. <laughs> Keep it to the fantasy pros. Um, and let's start out. We have Jonathan Taylor. We have Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson. Najee Harris, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, Cooper Cup, Javante Williams, CeeDee Lamb, Kyle Pitts, Austin Eckler, and Dalvin Cook. So, Joe, who stands out here that's either you know too high, too low? Uh, just so we're looking at the same thing, I'm looking at the Dynasty uh, rankings consensus, right? We're in the ECR here. You're not an ADP, right? 
I am with the ADP, but we're going to Okay, no, that's fine. You're, I'll you're switch right. over to the ADP, so we're looking no, at the let's, same let's thing. Go, let's go to the rankings. So we're doing the same thing. That is my bad. <laughs> the third time's the charm here, Dave. All right, all right. So, Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris, DeAndre. Oh, yeah, now we Cliff, got the same list. Christian McCaffrey, CeeDee Lamb, Javante Williams, Cooper Cup, Kyle Pitts, <laughs> A.J. Brown, Brees Hall. Uh, first and foremost for me, uh, I would have Jamar Chase and Jefferson one and two. Um, I would even put Jefferson one or Chase one easily without a doubt. Um, it's very close. You can split hairs. The only reason I might put Chase ahead of Jefferson is because I know what the quarterback situation is, I think, locked in for the next three to five years. Uh, whereas the Kirk Cousins situation, I don't know. It's a little bit more fluid, um, but Jefferson's the better now talent. Um, but to me, I would still put the wide receivers. They age better. Taylor at three, I have no problem with. Najee Harris at four. Uh, Swift at five, I got no problem with. McCaffrey at six, I think, is a is a huge risk, personally. Um, I'm still not there. I would rather have Javante Williams, to be honest with you. Uh, I would rather have CeeDee Lamb, uh, Cooper Cup, any of those guys I would feel more comfortable with than McCaffrey because – Look, I mean, I like to build dynasty teams for two to three year windows. And the last two years for McCaffrey have not been good. If he bounces back this year, it's great. But if I'm going in fresh, I'm trying to build for the two to three year window. And I just don't know if that's realistic when it comes to McCaffrey and um, the issues he's had. Um, when I'm looking at the top 10, I mean, it feels about right in terms of the talent. I don't think there's anybody else that I would slide in there necessarily uh, into that group because this is that age of players that's still kind of in their prime or the younger running back uh, field. And Brees Hall right at 12 tells you, you know, where people think Brees Hall is headed, which is good. He just needs a little bit more help from the quarterback play there. So he can't reach his full potential until Zach Wilson figures things out. And I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. And I think that's why it keeps him out of the top 10. Yeah, and redraft people would be very confused on CeeDee Lamb and DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, I do a lot of price check polls and things like that. You get a lot of people that, you know, CeeDee Lamb hasn't done anything. DeAndre Swift hasn't done anything. Um, but they're up there for a reason. And, you know, obviously you need, you, you need to project as a fantasy football analyst, as a fantasy football player. You need to project. And it's, you know, you look at these guys that are 29 years old as, you know, receivers, their value is not going to increase. And, you know, you're in your dynasty startups, you're going to want to get the asset that has the ability to increase in value as well as has, you know, has high value. You know, if you're using your first your first pick on them, uh, anything else in that first round now that we finally figured out the right list? No, no, I, I think that's right. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a generational talent and A.J. Brown, you know, even though I have some you know questions and concerns about, you know, what that uh, Philadelphia passing attack is going to become or be someday. Uh, AJ Brown's a wonderful talent. I think, uh, that's probably an appropriate spot for him. Diggs is very close there. I still think Adams has a lot left of the tank in a two to three year window. I would still contemplate taking Adams because I just don't think he's going away anytime soon. Uh, so for me, I would probably have Adams higher than Brown. I would probably have Diggs too, but I understand why from the age perspective of why the people would have Brown ahead. So I can't really argue that. And we'll go with the second the, the second wave of players. Austin Eckler at 13, Joe Mixon at 14, Stephon Diggs at 15, if T. Higgins at 16. Then we have uh Devontae Adams 17, Mark Andrews 18, Debo Samuel 19, Dalvin Cook 20, DK Metcalf 21, Jalen Waddle 22, Saquon Barkley 23, and then Nick Chubb at 24. Yeah, in terms of investments here, I think I'd move Debo up now that he signed the contract. I think Higgins is very valuable too. Um, Eckler and and Mixon, you know, they're kind of right now in that prime real estate of their career. 
Um, so it's perfectly fine to invest in now. I just like to start my my core roster building and in dynasty with wide receiver, just like I like to do it in redraft. Um, if you can get those guys in the second round, sure. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but my targets in here would definitely be Debo, definitely be uh, Devontae Adams. And I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of odd to me that Dalvin Cook is, you know, so far behind the Mixons and Ecklers. I would, I would put him in that same conversation closer. Uh, T Higgins is a good investment there as well. Um, Mark Andrews, if you're in a tight end premium, I'm sure would even go in the top 10 potentially. Uh, and I do believe that Lamar Jackson will eventually sign there. The DK Metcalf one, I mean, I understand it's it's the age and it's the talent, but at the same time, a lot of uncertainty this year. We don't know what next year is going to look like, who they end up drafting a quarterback. One would imagine would be better, but if it's a young rookie quarterback, they don't always succeed right away. So DK Metcalf might be a little bit of a, a struggle there at 21 for me, whereas, you know, I think if you're looking for, you know, like Josh Allen's all the way at 28. I'd rather make an investment in Josh Allen in the top 20 than say DK Metcalf, who's right on that fringe. Yeah. And some people hearing that would think that, you know, you're drafting a quarterback early. Like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm in a mock draft and I'm doing helping with the DLF ADP right now. I just took Josh Allen in the, in the fourth round because he was still there. And yeah, there was some, you know, Nice Look, man, great fantasy productivity. The QB one, the guy who could throw for 5,000 yards and rush for 800. <laughs> I mean, those guys don't grow on trees yeah, and they age better. I mean, that's the thing. You know, they just age better. And most dynasties are super flex. And I know that changes the calculus quite a bit, obviously. But, you know, if you're going to invest in running backs, you know, in the top 25 picks, I still don't understand why you're looking at the guy you can lock in as your franchise, big time money guy. And I'm not saying you do this with all the quarterbacks. I'm saying Josh Allen's special. Yeah. And, you know, I love the fact that you talked about the two or three year window because um, you have your dynasty players that, you know, they're all, they're rebuilding at the startup and they're like buying all the youth, buying all the youth, trading back, you know, all that. There's some people that they think they're going to compete this year, but they also want to get all the youth. And, you know, those people love their roster until they have to set the week one lineup. Mm -hmm. And you realize like, okay, maybe I do need some veterans in here because for some reason, Sleeper says my team sucks. Um, at the end of the day, you do need some veterans, but you operate in a two or three year window. You look at your team and say, if you draft Austin Eckler as your first round pick, what's it going to look like next year and, and the year after? You know, he's going to be 29 two years from now. Like that's, that's really, a, really tough. There was... You know, 27-year-old running backs don't usually crack the top 12. Cordero mm. Patterson completely broke the mold last year. Uh, I'm sure you predicted that one, Joe. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about that today on the show, and that's one of those things. It's just it's such an oddity for a player of that nature to have a breakout season. And and really, it was a breakout first half. The second half, you know, with the injury and yeah. stuff, he kind of faded quite a bit and became a guy who was basically just, you know, not even he was just a running back at that point, really um, behind a terrible offensive line. But uh, look, you know, when you uh, this is all about the mentality of how you want to build your team. And and to be honest, you know, uh, the one thing that cycles into this group every single year is running back. Right. There's always going to be fresh running back talent every year. It's the thing that turns over the quickest. So keep that in mind when you're building these dynasty rosters that you lock in those premium wide receivers and quarterbacks and those guys that, you know, you lock in a Kyle Pitts for the next, you know, five, six years that's pretty good. That's pretty good value. You know, think about all the running backs we're excited about in this class. And the next year there's going to be a bunch of new running backs. that we will be excited about next year because 
that's the position that turns over at a higher churn rate in the NFL than any other. Yeah. Kyle Pitts. Uh, I think he just started being able to buy beer last week. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's 20, he's 21 years old. Um, you know, if you were to able, if you're able to get, you know, uh, someone that has the potential to be a Travis Kelsey type of a player and get a decade worth, um, that's a lot different than getting one or two years of good running back play. Um, Another guy, speaking of uh, potential suspensions, Alvin Kamara at 25, Tyreek Hill at 26, DJ Moore 27, Josh Allen 28, Deontay Johnson is ranked 29th, Michael Pittman the 30th, uh, Derrick Henry, Travis Kelsey 32, Travis Etienne 33, Cam Akers 34, Chris Godwin 35, and J.K. Dobbins 36. Yeah, looking at this group, um, I would have – Drake London higher in this group. I would have Rashad Bateman in this group. I would have Travis Etienne higher. Uh, I would have Pittman higher than Deontay Johnson, just because uh, I'm a little uncertain of what the future is going to be for Deontay Johnson. If he's going to stay a stealer, how the Steelers pass attack is going to look. Um, but you, this, this tier four basically that you're in is a little tricky because you've got guys that are now, you know, proven entities like Kamara, Tyreek Hill that are probably on the other side. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to decline rapidly this year necessarily, but they're definitely on the other side of their career. So, you know, they're probably trending out of the high end value range. Uh, same can be said, you know, probably for Derrick Henry, but then you got guys like Travis Etienne who is traveling the other direction. So I'm always looking for the guys who are traveling up instead of backwards in Dynasty 2. I think that's something, you know, you can win now and still do that. Um, J.K. Dobbins, I think, is very undervalued. I think that's a player that. You know, everybody loved last year and then he tore the ACL and now nobody likes him anymore. And I don't know why it's the same situation he's walking into and he had a terrific finish of the 2020 season. And yes, it was against bad defenses, but I don't care. Uh, and uh, is the guy scoring touchdowns? Is the guy running the football? Yeah. Are they going to be a run heavy team? Yes. Gus Edwards is still there, but I think Dobbins is still the, the head guy there. But I think the one talent that kind of sticks out to me that probably should be higher up there is uh, Drake London and maybe Elijah Moore cracking that top 36 as well. Yeah, and the way I look at it, when people you know talk to me about trades and things like that, or you know, like would you trade? We'll just say you know, Deontay, Deontay Johnson for the one hundred and one or one hundred and two in your rookie draft. Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then why is Drake London ranked lower? Because that's you know that's a player you'd be getting if you don't get Brees Hall, you're most likely getting Drake. <clears throat> And and if you're looking at this too, you know, Chris Godwin's a really tough guy to rank at 35 because he's coming off an injury. This is probably the last year, Brady, I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, so there's uncertainty Miami there. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I mean, he could go do whatever he wants. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's uncertainty. And I think, you know, would look at a guy like Pittman instead over Deontay Johnson. You go, okay, this guy's got a real chance to be the guy in a team that's got a good offensive line, a pretty good offense, can run the football. And there's really not a lot of competition for targets. So he's going to get a ton of them potentially. So, you know, I think that's the kind of guy that you look for, you know, and, and target as opposed to, you know, Chris Godwin, where you might be living in the past a little bit. Uh, ATN's the guy too, that I think could really rock it up this list. I, I would be more bullish on him. I would have him probably in that top 27, eight, nine range in there instead of where he is at 33. <clears throat> His ADP, I expected it to, to rise as more people, you know, talked about him this off season and, it just, it hasn't. And um, I, I love it because I've been being able to get him as my second or third running back. And I got, I got him as my third running back in the Scott Fish. And it just hasn't. And, you know, we talked about all these aging running backs and 
running backs coming off of ACL or Achilles injuries, and he's below him. Uh, I know he has a foot injury, but you know this was a guy that was really highly, you know, really highly recruited player coming out. Went to went to Clemson, had nothing but success, and he was first round pick. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so the next grouping: um, George Kittle at thirty seven, Terry McLaurin at thirty eight, Mike Evans at thirty nine, Drake London at forty, Ken Walker at forty one. Make sure you guys, Ken Walker. Um, mm-hmm. Ricard Bateman, 42, Antonio Gibson, 43, Patrick Mahomes, 44, Justin Herbert, 45, Aaron Jones, 46, Elijah Moore, 47, and then Garrett Wilson right behind him at 48. Yeah. And I, you know, you have to give more of the spot over Wilson that I agree with. Um, I think AJ Dillon's a guy that, you know, should be starting to talk about a lot more. Uh, I know I've been pushing that he's all the way at 56, but you know, he's 10 spots behind Aaron Jones and his, you know, Aaron Jones is been the lead guy there basically for three years. And typically that's about your window in the NFL. So instead of spending a pick, you know, at 46 on Aaron Jones, I'd much rather be taking Elijah Moore and then wait and take uh, AJ Dillon instead. Uh, I'm very positive on Rashad Bateman. That's a player I love a lot. I think you're getting a great value on Mahomes at this point too, because he's in this weird transition here, which I'm not really super concerned with. I mean, you know, Drew Brees had lots of different wide receivers over the years you know, and he's made different guys good at different games. And I think that's going to be the kind of offense you'll see the Chiefs run, but Mahomes is still going to be great. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. I think people haven't seen it yet, so they're a little afraid. So in Dynasty Startups, is a good time to jump on that value. Uh, Antonio Gibson's kind of in that weird fork in the road. I think he's a very risky Dynasty pick, especially since they drafted Brian Robinson. I think Herbert and Mahomes is a really good value on them. Elijah Moore is a really good value in this range. Drake London, who I mentioned earlier, along with Bateman. And then I think Sutton has a real chance here <clears throat> to kind of bust through. Uh, I would be taking Elijah Moore and Sutton uh, over Aaron Jones at this point too in Dynasty, just because once again, I'd rather wait a little while and take AJ Dillon instead. Yeah. And again, just going back to your rookie drafts, I mean, people really value those rookie picks and they, they don't want to give them away, but then you look at players like Elijah Moore. And if you were to, if, if I would offer, you know, if somebody were to offer uh, a 106 for Elijah Moore, people would have jumped all over it. And you see he's above Garrett Wilson in the rankings, who is generally going in the top five of your rookie drafts. And it's just, again, oh, you know, kind of overvaluing those rookie picks. And when you do your rankings and your values, Elijah Moore obviously has more value if he's being, you know, if he's up there higher than Garrett Wilson. There's a little fantasy pros News thing on the side here, it said Elijah Moore established himself at the one. I mean, he's got one more year in the offense, one more year with Zach Wilson than Garrett, than Garrett Wilson. Well, and look, he 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 also showed you he could do it regardless of who was playing quarterback, which I think is actually the most important thing because that shows the talent of the player as opposed to the favoritism of the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Remember, Mike White's <clears throat> season was upon us last oh, year. I mean, Josh yeah. Johnson. I mean, God, all kinds of crazy things last well, year. There, there was at one point where people were <clears> – <throat> Dynasty Twitter is such a fickle bunch – um, they, they were calling for Mike White to take Zach Wilson's job at one point. Um, I'm, I'm sure those people probably deleted those uh, tweets, but um, they're, they're out there. You can find them. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's just like Nick Mullen's season a couple years ago. Oh, um, God. 49 is Cortland Sutton, who Joe mentioned. David Montgomery at 50. I uh, heard he's doing special teams work today. Um, Traylon Burks, 51, Jerry Judy, 52, Devonta Smith, 53, Leonard Fournette, 54, Mike Williams, 55, uh, AJ Dillon comes in at 56, Joe Burrow, 57, Keenan Allen, 58, 
Kyler Murray, 59, and Elijah Mitchell at 60. Yeah, I would uh, put Lamar Jackson in the top 60. The fact that he's not, <clears throat> I think, is silly personally right now. Um, you know, how you could put Leonard Fournette as a dynasty asset ahead of Lamar Jackson, I think, is just wacky. Uh, AJ Dillon, I said, that's my target in this range. Joe Burrow, I think, is a good value of 57, too, because I think he's just going to continue to get better. But Mike Williams at 55 is probably the guy in redraft and dynasty that I've moved up my rankings the most. Um, I was a very big Mike Williams guy coming into the league. And it was unfortunate because he had some injuries. And of course, at the time, that offensive line was dreadful and Philip Rivers looked like he was done. Um, and now he's got Herbert. And I know the beginning of the year was so good. And then we had another injury issue. And I just think if the guy can stay healthy, that's a player that I would, I think Mike Williams right now at 55, you could make a case for him as high as 35. Like if you ask me, would I rather have Mike Williams or Chris Godwin for the next two years? I think I'd rather have Mike Williams. And I yep. think that's something that in terms of value, that's probably where I'd be looking right now. Absolutely. And you, you talked about it. I mean, Chris Godwin may have Kyle Trask or, or you know, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. or someone throwing the ball next year. And we know who's throwing the ball over there, you know, with, exactly. with the Chargers. And that's a huge, that's a huge part of evaluating the talent. It's evaluating the situation, the talent, the quarterback play, um, and like Elijah Mitchell, you know, he, to me, that's another player that I think is grossly overranked here at 60, because that's a player that if we learn anything from whether it be Shanahan senior or Shanahan junior, that it's, you know, it's always a cycle of running backs there. So putting draft capital into Elijah Mitchell, instead of Lamar Jackson or Jamison Williams, or some of the guys in this next tier, this next year has a couple guys that I think should be over Elijah Mitchell easily. Yeah, and this is that's a fifth round pick. Um, like that's that's crazy, you know, <clears throat> for what we've seen from Kyle Shanahan, whatever the Shanahanigans, whatever they call him. Um, but we've just he's got you know almost as a running back one every week, but it's a just a different dude every week. And at the end of the year, you know, that you know, they don't have a consistent RB one. Uh, so I just want to talk about IP Vanish again. Um, did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Uh, that's right. Without added, added security, you might as well give away all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. Uh, that's why I use IP Vanish to make it easy to truly private, truly private and secure my data. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communication, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's just that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing your speed, uh, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go anywhere without IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off your yearly plan for our listeners right now. It's a 30-day money-back guarantee that's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you do is tap one button. You're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search, and everything you buy. Take, take your privacy back with a brand that has rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com backslash SGP. Use the promo code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com backslash SGP. Back, back to the action, like Joe says. Um, <laughs> and uh, the next one, the next grouping is Lamar Jackson. 
Now we mentioned him already. Jamison mm-hmm. Williams, Darren Waller, Darnell Mooney, Chris Olave, Hollywood Brown, Ezekiel Elliott at 67, James Conner 68, TJ Hawkinson 69, Mari Cooper 70, Josh Jacobs 71, and Dak Prescott 72. Who sticks out here, Joe? Uh, well, the first half of these guys stick out. Lamar is still an extraordinary talent of fantasy. Uh, Jameson Williams, I think, was the best wide receiver coming into this class, uh, unfortunately, dealing with the uh, the injury. But uh, if you can get him on any kind of discount, go for it. Uh, Darren Waller, I still think, has enough left in the tank where he's a good value here. And then Olave is a player that I think is very NFL-ready, very polished, good route runner, very smooth with the football, good hands. I think you're going to see him make an impact right away. And then the next group of this tier, I think, is very terrifying. Like Hollywood Brown is never a player I liked. I just don't think he's a very good receiver at the end of the day. He's just not. Um, he you know, uses his speed sometimes to make up for other people's mistakes, but that's not enough in the NFL. That's not consistent. Connor uh, you know, had a great year last year, probably highly not repeatable, um, but I'm rooting for him. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, another player on the downside. Cooper, big question mark. And Jacobs, I think, is going to be done after this year. And with Vegas, and I think it's going to be Zamir White. So I think that's, I think you'll see a lot of Zamir White in the second half of this season, even if not yep. sooner. So to me, <clears throat> this, this tier is great. Like if you could, you know, if you're in a, you know, one round and you want to trade out and get a couple picks here, you can get a couple picks in this, you know, 55 to 60 ish range and 65 range. You get two in there. You can get some really good values there. Yeah. Jamison Williams and Chris Olave were two of my most drafted players in my rookie drafts. And, you know, if I had the two or the three spot, I would just trade back um, to the six or seven spot, or maybe the eight, and get Jamison Williams and try to get a first next year. Um, Jamison Williams is, you know, he's 21 years old. He's you know probably going to be redshirted this year. And it, without the ACL injury, I think he would have been the first, the first receiver off the board. Oh, um, I agree. I would the, agree with that. The NFL loves speed, but he's just – he's not more than just a speed guy. Um you know, he, he's, you know, he's a very he's good a playmaker, receiver. man. He, you watch him in Alabama. Like he is a game breaker, game changing. He's like DeAndre Hopkins was when Hopkins was very young too. same build, you know, yep. like, you know, when Hopkins came in the league, he was just sticks legs, you know, and, you know, eventually grew into the body a little bit. That's going to be the same thing with Jameson Williams. And he played yep. with bad quarterbacks and he was great then too. Yeah. <clears> this guy's so he, he tore his ACL about five months, six months before the draft. And he still was drafted at what? 12th overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just ridiculous. And then Chris Olave, I think is, is just a monster looking at like Matt Harmon's reception perception. Everything's green. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just like a really, really good receiver and guys that are good route runners, not just like aesthetically pleasing good route runners, like guys that create separation are, they typically translate to the NFL really well. Um, you look at Chris Olave, look at someone like, I look at Terry McLaurin and how, how well he did. Um, so, you know, and Olave's got the, the speed. I think that he's going to bring a different element to that Saints offense. So let's go to the next grouping. Um, starts with Amon Ross St. Brown. And, and someone actually right before this <clears throat> was in a, a group chat asking, Amon Ross St. Brown or Devonta Smith? And I saw them just, I was just watching as they were arguing about it. And I was like, "Why? this isn't even a conversation. Devonta Smith over uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, in my opinion. What are your thoughts, Joe? I think it's closer than people realize. I, I think, you know, I think there's there's a circumstance we have to come and have a moment with, which is what if what we saw last year was just how good Amon Ross St. Brown is? And I, I was like, last year, you can go watch some of the, the mock drafts we did. A lot of my last picks were Gabriel Davis 
and Amon Ross St. Brown in a lot of those drafts because I believed in the talent of those guys. And unfortunately, you didn't see it until later in the season. And with Davis, you didn't really see it till the end of the year and then into the playoffs. But everybody's just continuing to make the same argument, which is, well, it's just because everybody else was hurt. But what if it's because Amon Ross St. Brown's really good? I mean, when you're throwing a guy, you know, 12 to 14 targets and he's catching 10 to 12 of them and he's and he's just lightening up every single week so consistently i think we have to take that in it's not a knock on Devonte smith but yeah it's a realization that maybe amon ross st brown is actually being somehow undervalued or or not being taken seriously enough just because of the whole well everybody was hurt last year so that's the only reason he did what he did and yeah. part of what he did and was able to do what he did is because of the talent that he has so i think he's a tremendous value here at 73 um, so I would be perfectly fine taking him here. Uh, Dalton Schultz, <clears throat> I think is another player too, that, uh, you know, you really got to, um, be very excited about, uh, Gabriel Davis, as I just mentioned before, I think Schultz can be very steady in that, uh, Dallas offense for a few years here. Uh, Sky Moore is a player that I am very excited about. Um, I have Sky Moore shares in dynasty. I've got Sky Moore shares in redraft. Uh, I think this is a really special potential player. And just because he came from a small school, I mean, Jerry Rice came from a small school too. I'm not calling him Jerry Rice, but there's a lot of guys that come from small schools and he just blew my mind at the combine. And I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't watch him play a lot of college. Um, <clears throat> so I had to go back and watch, you know, more sky, more highlights and more sky, more tape. And it was all there. Everything you saw at the combine was all there. So now it's just a matter of transferring it to the NFL. Ayuk, uh, I think, is in actually a better spot here with Trey Lance because he throws a better deep ball. And I think that could be, you know, that's something that Ayuk does well, go deep, which is something that yeah. that offense could not do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. And then you're looking at, you know, taking some shots here, taking a shot on James Cook, eventually taking over that role, which I think is still a work in progress. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily this year, um, perhaps down the road. And then, you know, you're taking shooting darts on Michael Thomas bouncing back, which I would rather take a shot at Michael Thomas than Allen Robinson at this point, which I know is an unpopular opinion. But that is my own. <laughs> well, and, and to give you know, to give more uh, props to fantasy pros, you know, I'm just looking at the ECR versus ADP on the side, and uh, I just think that that's very interesting to look at on how the experts view these guys versus how the you know the public does. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at like Dallas Goddard and, and DeAndre Hopkins are way different in, in comparison. 17 point difference between ECR to ADP. Um, you look at Gabriel Davis. You know, it's mm-hmm. seven point, you know, seven point difference there. Brandon Ayuk. Um, and then, you know, Brandon Cooks is the opposite. James Cooks, the opposite. So, um, you know, like what you said, and, and yeah, with Amara St. Brown, I think he's, he's, he's a good player. And I know there's the, you know, the concerns with, you know, what happened last year. Did it, was it because everyone. But else- I have concerns about Devontae Smith's size too in the NFL. Yeah. And I, and I did. And I, and you know, everyone, you know, I worked with a lot of smart people that, you know, said it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter. And I, I think it does a little bit. The NFL is a different game and the wear and tear that you take and the hits that you take in the NFL is very different, even in the SEC, which is the division, uh, it's the conference, but still it's a little different in the NFL. So I do worry about that in terms of body type, how he's going to age as opposed to Amon Ross St. Brown, because this is dynasty we're talking about here. No, absolutely. <clears throat> um, and, you know, speaking of age and speaking of, yeah. Yeah, you know, look at some of these guys on on the board. You look at DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas. Like, oh, the mighty have fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, those are you know those are good examples of guys that are just the dynasty value is so down and the twenty nine and thirty. And I know there's kind of interesting circumstances with Thomas coming off of injury and Hopkins, you know, with the suspension. 
But again, when you're in these startups and you're investing in these 29 years, you know, old or 30 year old receivers, this is what you're going to look at is your value, your right. assets. But it's also a good tale about, you know, DeAndre Hopkins gave you seven great seasons of productivity, which is why you should be investing in premium wide receivers because, you know, how many running backs give you seven premium years of productivity? Not many. No, no, not at all. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if any. <laughs> right. Adrian Peterson? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, Frank maybe Gore. Go Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Yeah. Uh, there you so, go. so I, I think I might have lost my place a little bit, but um, you know, we'll we'll go with I think Thomas is the last one in this group. Um, Pat Fryermuth at 85, Allen Robinson 86, Juju at 87, Russell Wilson at 88, Kareem Hunt at 89, Deshaun Watson at 90. Um, I don't think that the rankings had a chance. So to move with the news change no, quickly, um, Damian Harris at 91, Jalen Hurts 92, uh, Tony Pollard at, at 93, Trey Lance 94, Jahan Donson at 95, Chase Edmonds at 96, Chase Claypool 97, Matthew Stafford 98. Yeah, looking at this grouping here, you know, Juju's got an opportunity to crush this number or completely become an afterthought this year. So at 87, this is a very big fork in the road here for him. So if you get him this late, you know, I mean, wide receiver 42 in Dynasty, you know, if he ends up clicking with Mahomes, that could be one of the great Dynasty values. Uh, and it's something to really consider and look at. Now, it's interesting that Sky Moore is being drafted ahead of him. But still, I mean, uh, it's it's worth at least noticing and recognizing what the upside is here. I do think Russell Wilson uh, will continue to be a very strong value at 88. Uh, I think Kareem Hunt, you're kind of looking once again on the other side of career. Uh, same thing with Damian Harris, that he is going to get, you know, churned and burned after this year. He's not going to get a second contract. The Patriots don't do that with their running backs, which means yeah. you're going to get Ramondre Stevenson getting a bigger role this year and probably a bigger role, you know, the role going forward. Uh, Trey Lance at 94 is the guy they got to move up because he is that next rushing quarterback. He's a lot closer potentially to Lamar Jackson points wise than he is to where he's being drafted here with Russell Wilson. So I think that's something you have to understand. Uh, Jahan Dotson better than people I think realize. Yep. Um, another smooth, polished wide receiver. Um, you know, unfortunately, his senior year at Penn State was kind of muddied by the fact that all the quarterbacks got hurt. So I don't think he really was able to show his true ability. Uh, uh -huh. So you watch him at the combine, you saw what he was able to do. And, you know, Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz, but I still think that Jahan Dotson is, a, is an interesting investment there. Uh, Claypool is a guy that I'm just not investing in. Once again, you want to talk about full circle in that conversation about guys with the 10 cent head. Uh, my, uh, my colleague, <laughs> Pat Fitzmorris, made a quote about it today you know guys who have uh all the tools but no toolbox <laughs> you know so uh, i think that's that's claypool and uh, i'm gonna stay away from him and instead i'm looking down that order at 101 at ramondre stevenson and boy oh boy I, I think he deserves a much higher ranking than what he's going for right now that sounds like a segment on the show um but yeah, that's a, that's a quote right there. We need a that's a meme with his face and that quote, <laughs> um, kind of like like the less need f them draft picks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like with Trey Lance, it's interesting because in a lot like in the ADP, he is QB eight. I did a price check to see where he's at. He was QB eight, and then the experts have him at eleven. Um, it says there's no difference between the ECR and ADP, but I have a hard time seeing him on the board. If I'm picking 94 and I'm looking at, you know, Jahan Dotson and Chase Edmonds. Uh, I like I like Dotson a lot more than I like Edmonds, but still I think yeah, I think Trey Lance is too low. 
Um, I, I'm not interested in, in Chase Edmonds. I'm not interested in anyone in the Miami back, backfield. Are you? Uh, I'm interested in Edmonds at the right price because he is the pass catching back. Um, and we had Andy Barron's on the show today, and that was a statement we actually have a conversation about Chase Edmonds, and I agree. Uh, but I just don't, you know, the Dolphin situation outside of Jalen Waddle is a situation I'm just kind of staying away from. Uh, I just, I just don't care for it. I don't like it. It's a lot of unknown. I still feel like Jalen Waddle is going to be really consistent and still be a pretty good value. And I, I love the player, you know, in dynasty, especially, I think he's going to age very well, no matter if Tua is a quarterback or somebody else. Uh, and to me, this running back room, you know, I go by the old adage. If you have five running backs, you don't have one. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, if I did take anyone, I'd probably just go with the, you know, the cheapest guy. Um, well, I mean, there's something to be said for maybe just throwing a late dart at Sony Michelle. And if you're the kind of drafter like me where you're heavy and wide receiver, then maybe you are taking shots on some of these guys later. And and I think, you know, this rookie class of running backs after Brees Hall, I think, you know, obviously Walker and Cook are in that big time discussion. But then there's a lot of path time early on for Tyler Algier to play. I think Zamir White has a lot more opportunity. I think Brian Robinson might get more opportunity than people yeah. realize this year. So there's plenty of guys late in the running back class that if you want to build your team with wide receivers and take shots at RB, I think you'll be all right. Yeah, and I think those RBs are about about to come up. Um, and you know, I've I've taken a couple shots on Sony Michelle and Best Ball just in hopes that I, I get a couple weeks where he falls into the end zone twice. Um, but it's just gonna be really hard to find consistent production in that room. Um, but all a lot of those guys, man, it's just that like you look at their injury history and it's like just a whole bunch of guys that missed a whole lot of time with Mostert, Edmonds, Michelle, um, all of them. So uh, let's just talk about odds trader before we get out of here. Um, we got a couple more players to go through. Um, you know, as far as you know, odds trader, it's a place you can compare odds from all major sports books. So you can compare different sign, you know, sign up codes, different promotions from sports books. I know there's a lot of them out there, so you want to find the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, game stats, injury reports, and projected game day whether for betters or, or make the you know make so the betters can make the most informed bets possible. It's all. It also has a bet tracker, so betters you can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Um, so things to remember: you know, handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores, betting and tracking, player statistics, key game statistics, projected game game day weather. Backtrack, you know, bet, bet tracker allows you to keep records of all your games, betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com backslash blue wire. Odds Trader is the number one website for all your game day bets. So let's go with a few more players um, and, and get out of here. Is that okay with you, sir? Sure. Absolutely. Let's do it. <clears throat> um, so Rashad White is, comes in at 99, Tyler Lockett at 100, Ramondre Stevenson 101, Trevor Lawrence 102, Cole Komet 103. Devin Singletary, 104, Michael Carter, 105, George Pickens, 106, Kadarius Toney, 107, Christian McCaffrey, 108, Hunter Renfro, 109, and 110 is Christian Watson. Yeah, looking at these players, um, I would say Stevenson should be in the top 100. Same with Trevor Lawrence. I'm not ready to give up on Trevor Lawrence. He's still a generational quarterback talent. He was just in the absolute worst case scenario last year. Uh, Cole Komet's another player I have very high expectations for, but I think there's actually a fair value for him. George Pickens, <clears throat> I think, deserves a higher ranking than 100. Kadarius Tony has that upside also, so I would put him above that. And so does Christian Kirk and Hunter Renfro. You know, Christian Kirk has that path right now to be a wide receiver one. He was paid like a wide receiver one. 
And the opportunity is there. I mean, he is the youngest guy. He's the most talented guy in this group. So there's every reason to believe he can be. So he would be a tremendous value. Bad team. So what? They're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw the football. And then Hunter Renfro is the other player that doesn't get enough respect. So to me, that's another player should be in the top 100 already. And then the guys as you go further down, you know, aren't on this list that you talked about. I would say Isaiah Spiller is one to keep an eye on for sure. I think, you know, Calvin Ridley, because of this one-year suspension, is, you know, a volatile asset. But I think one that if you get him late, and I've done it in drafts too, I think is very good. Uh, Derek Carr, I think, is undervalued too as a secondary quarterback. And those are some of the guys, including, as I mentioned earlier, guys like Robinson and Algier, who also should be, you know, and Zamir White should be really considered because they have opportunity to go quicker. And the one big sleeper I'll throw out there too, just to cap things there, because I see Christian Watson's name. Everything that I watch with Romeo Dubs is is more impressive yeah. than Christian Watson. And I, I don't, you know, and, and I know that seems to be like this, this, and I'm not the hot take guy, and I don't usually like to follow these trends, but I think it's true. I think that dude is just, you know, shows you that he might be a different level. So that's kind of interesting. And that happens sometimes. I mean, you know, Trey Sermon went ahead of uh, Eli Mitchell and Eli Mitchell played all year last year. So sometimes that happens. No, it's, it's not a coincidence that, that so many different people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy's one of the Packers shareholders and they have their shareholder meeting and it's an amazing you know experience for fans um, or owners. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, my, my buddy uh, from FTN Network, uh, Jeremy, uh, you know, Pope FFH on Twitter was just talking about it. He said, don't be shocked when Romeo Doves is starting and Christian Watson's not week one. And this mm-hmm. was a month ago. And so – People are really starting to heat up on him, and he's a guy that you can get thrown in on a dynasty trade. Like, hey man, we're close. Just throw Dubs in, and I'll, I'll like people will just give him away, and uh, you're gonna get tremendous. You know, you could you could get tremendous value, but there's no no risk when you're paying nothing. Yeah, for, exactly. for something like that. Uh, Rashad White, I, I didn't know if you mentioned him or not. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on him? I know that we've got the you know, the cheeseburger Lenny kind of jokes and stuff out there. He seems like he's lost weight, but at the end of the day, he's 27, you know, 27 years old. He's, you know, he's on a short-term contract. It's, it's a two-year deal, but white profiles to be uh, the, you know, pass catching back. You think they use him that way, or he's just going to have to build the trust? With Brady uh, I, I don't think he's going to, I think it would take an injury, honestly. So uh, I, I kind of differ with my colleagues on this. I think it does take an injury for him to get, more playing time Um, because I just think this is a win now team and Tom Brady is going to want the guys out there on the field. He feels comfortable with. So I just don't think that's going to be the case. Um, But if it was an injury, then he would be thrust into that role and it becomes very interesting. And, and, you know, look, I'm not really worried about the weight of Leonard Fournette. He's a professional. He'll, he'll figure it out what weight he has to be at to play. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about the weight. I mean, we've seen people, you know, most people other than Eddie Lacey have been able to just drop it, you know, drop the hat. Um, and, and rookie running backs, you know, they've, they've struggled in pass pro and that's a really quick way to lose your job. I mean, one of the best way, one of the top waiver wire pickups last year was, was Tyson Williams from Baltimore. Yep. And week two, he let up a strips, you know, strip sack to and he <laughs> was cut. I mean, he didn't even like barely hit the field the rest of the year. And, you know, he had over a hundred, you know, over a hundred yards rushing week one, everyone ran out to grab him. Yep. It seemed like the right thing to do at the time, but unfortunately it did not work out and they really didn't give him much of a chance. Cause once again, it's all about the comfort level of the quarterbacks and the coaching staff. Uh, 112, we have Dawson Knox. We have Rashad Penny at 113 and Rogers 114, Noah Fant 115. 
Isaiah Spiller, 116. Damian Pierce, 117. At 118, we have Mike Kosicki, Derek Carr, Michael Gallup, Calvin Ridley, Tua, and Alexander Madison. Who stands out here? Uh, let's see. In this grouping here, um, you know, I, again, Derek Carr and Ridley were the two guys that kind of stood out to me. Um, I I think Robinson would be a guy that I'm looking for. I think David Njoku at 131 is another player to keep an eye on, too. Um, he's an extraordinary talent. He's just really never been unlocked. Uh, now the question is, can Watson do it or will Watson be available to do it? So, you know, I think when you start to get this deep in here, you're looking for, you're more looking for guys that can make an impact in the season you're playing in. So I, I it's either that or you're looking for a long-term project guys. So you're either taking Melvin Gordon at 128 because you need another running back, or instead you're going to say, you know, let me let me take Trey McBride and see if he, you know, eventually develops into uh, an NFL tight end. And I think he will. So I think in this range, that's what you're looking at. I think Khalil Herbert at 138 is also a fascinating player, too, to keep in mind. That I think that's a player that um, you saw glimpses last year when he took over that role. He was very good in the RB1 role for the Bears. And I think uh, in some ways a little bit more uh, dynamic and exciting than David Montgomery. So I would keep a close eye on Herbert. That's an interesting asset, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And and with you know, with Rashad Penny, we saw Ken Walker go way ahead of him. Uh, what are your thoughts on on you know Penny this year? Um, and obviously Penny is a dynasty asset. We can get him at 113. Again, I think it's all about the roster construction once you cross over the 100 line. Uh, I think that Penny's a guy you can take and hope that you get something close to what you got last year, but you'd be foolish to not understand the injury risk is just enormous because the guy's barely played his entire career and they did draft a running back and it's not going to be a good offense. So there's a lot of negatives with attached to Penny as well. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the projections out there and they have him to have twice the amount of carries he's had in four years and twice the amount of yardage he's had in four years, all in the next 17 games. Um, we'll see if he can stay healthy and do that. And we definitely, you know, always cheer for guys to succeed. Um, but yeah, you don't want to invest a whole lot. Um, Damian Pierce and Isaiah Spiller, I think are very interesting. You can get them you know, beginning of the second round of your rookie drafts here. You can get them, you know, we're looking at the, you know, we're getting in the teens or we're actually getting, you know, getting double digit rounds. Um, you know, 11th round, are you looking at, you know, Isaiah Spiller, Damian Pierce? Uh, Spiller more than Pierce, better offense, better possibility. Uh, it's not that I don't like Pierce. I just think that, uh, you know, I think Spiller might be the more intriguing early investment. <clears throat> yeah, I, I got a lot of Spiller. I, I I forget which one of the guys on the show is 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 bigger on Spiller, but I, I think he gets stand, standalone value. I know that, you know, the offense that they're using over there in L.A. is similar to what, you know, what the offense was back in New Orleans. And that's the, the success we've seen with Mike Williams is they stopped using him only as a deep ball guy. And they've really, you know, transformed that offense. I think they're going to use him more in the goal line um, as well as some of the short yards. You know, they've tried to do that with Joshua Kelly. They've tried to do that with Justin Jackson. They've tried to do that with Kalen Balaj. We'll, we'll see, but I, I do like Spiller and I've, I've been scooping him up in, in you know, in, in the early second round, almost all my dynasty leagues. Yeah. I, I think Spiller's a guy that, you know, he's not, you know, he's not a speed guy, you know, he's more of a power no. running guy, but I think that's a good compliment to Eckler and what you want to be able to do there. Maybe around the goal line and short yard situations. I think he becomes very interesting. <clears throat> Alexander Madison is only 24 years old. Um, he's shined whenever he's got the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and we talked earlier about being, you know, he's, he's behind Dalvin Cook and Dalvin Cook's not going anywhere anytime soon. 
Um, but Alexander Madison is a free agent next year. I don't know if there's going to be any open spots for him to go, but what, what are your thoughts about Alexander Madison at 123? Oh, look, I, I think Madison's a very good investment because, you know, you've seen Cook miss time. Um, you know, it's you have to get him in a spot where, you know, it's you're looking at you know, Melvin Gordon's going to play a lot more this year, theoretically, than Alexander Madison. Again, that's in theory, but you know, Madison is the better long-term guy. So if you need, you know, if you're looking for long-term potentially, maybe it's Madison, maybe they do turn the page to him. Uh, but if you're trying to win now in your dynasty league, then Melvin Gordon would be the selection because he can certainly help you now. And I think that's something you always have to understand when you're building your roster. Okay. What do I need? Do I need more help right now for my everyday lineup or am I a team that really just continues to build for the future? And I think you have to understand what kind of, you know, manager you are and what kind of roster you're building as the draft comes to you. Now, I, I agree. And, and with, you know, with the rest of the board, is there any other sleepers or anyone that you think, you know, are values that we should bring up? Uh, Dubs was definitely one of them. Um, Alan Lazard at 146 is a joke. I mean, he should be way higher than this right now. Uh, so to me, Alan Lazard would be way, way up there. Uh, once again, he has a clear opportunity to really, you know, be the main target guy in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. And he's not going to be Devontae Adams, but nobody's Devontae Adams. But <clears throat> I, to me, he has the easiest early path to be very beneficial there. So that would be the one guy that really stands out on this list quite a bit to me uh, in terms of value and return on investment. So that's the guy that I think if you're looking at all these ranks, that's the one that just sticks out like a giant sore thumb. And as I said, Romeo dubs, if you're looking for a really deeper one, too. And I'm not a Packer fan, by the way. I just want to put that out there. Jalen Tolbert's another guy, too, that I think uh, is better than people might realize. And he might be a. Uh, uh, getting more of an opportunity too, because Gallup's definitely not going to start the year and with the team. Yeah, no, that's a good call. That's a good call with him. And yeah, the, the Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way to get it done, and it, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw thirty touchdowns. Someone's going to catch those, and you can't have them all go to Aaron Jones, which everyone's projecting Aaron Jones to have a good year, including me. But Aaron Jones is not going to catch twenty receiving touchdowns. Alan Lazard's going to get his. You're going to see. You know, you're going to see Dubs. And they could still bring someone in. Um, we've seen, you know, talks about, you know, uh, Cole Beasley, uh, Will, Will Fuller um, potentially going over there. Um, do you think that they add somebody or do you think they just go in with what they got? Uh, which team was this, do you think? Packers. You were adding? Uh, I, I don't think they're going to add anybody right now. I really don't. I think they like Lazard that much. I think they put draft capital in two wide receivers and they got Sammy Watkins around there. I think, I think if they add anyone, it'll be eventually a Nodell Beckham signing. Uh, that, you know, they'll hope that, you know, they can get him there for the playoffs. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that division is, you know, still winnable for them. The Vikings are clearly their biggest competition um, and they are real competition. But I think that to me, you know, they had their eye on Odo Beckham last year before he ended up with the Rams. Yep. So I think that would be the well they go back down to if they're looking for somebody else, if he's, you know, doing well with his rehab. But that would be somebody who wouldn't really make an impact till December. So it's not really a fantasy asset. Yep. All right, well, time for tags. Uh, you can you know, tell, tell us where, where we can find you, Joe. Uh, you can find me, of course, uh, on the Twitter machine at JoePizzaPia17. And uh, as always, hosting all the Fantasy Pros podcasts. And uh, go check out the Fantasy Football Black Book 2022 over on Amazon right now. And uh, thanks for having me on, Dave. It was fun to uh, talk a little Dynasty ranks with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being so uh, so kind with your time. And as always, everybody, good luck this season.